All right, so <clears throat> now I want you to open the Word of God so that we can talk about the Word of God. Psalm 119. But before we get there, I want to tell you about uh, my friend Rick. He's my Marine Corps buddy, and, and uh, we get together sometimes to exercise a little bit so I can help leave the flab behind from sitting at a desk all day long. And Rick has uh, a friend named Lucy, his dog. And I want to talk about being a devoted disciple, but you guys hear the word devoted and you say, I don't know what that means. Um, but you do devos, comes from devoted, devotions, same root word. So I want to talk a little bit about what that means. Um, so here we are. We go over to his garage and he has weights and we're going to do this, you know. And Lucy gets to come out in the garage sometimes. If she, if she doesn't behave, if she tries to chase the snakes, she goes back in the house. And so then she learns when she comes out, she can stay in the garage, but she can't chase snakes. And I'll tell you, here's devotion for you. Lucy hangs on every word that Rick says. i give you an example of it. So she loves him. She just loves him. And this is true, right? I mean, she's just smitten with Rick. And you know how God builds this devotion thing into dogs. They just love their master. They're, they're completely devoted. So here it is. And <clears throat> Rick is doing bench press. You know, he's a strong guy. And, and he always pushes to the max. Ah! So Lucy hears him do everything that comes out of his mouth. Her ears immediately go up. So here he's straining, you know. Ah! Ah! And he's pressing, you know. And so then Lucy will come over and she'll start licking his face while he's, and he can't do anything about it. He's flat on his back on the bench. It's hilarious. And he's uh, uh, like this. And Lucy starts licking on his face. And he loves, I don't know who loves it more, whether Lucy does or Rick does, but he loves it. And, and that's devotion. It's kind of, you know, so have you ever seen that commercial wherever the dog, the little boy gives the dog some peanut butter and the dog tries to work with the peanut butter, you know that sound? That's exactly the sound that Lucy makes when she's licking Rick's face. And it is just hilarious. I guess you had to be there. Wasn't that funny? Huh? <clears throat> so, but that is what devotion is. And you might think, well, that's, that's a silly definition of devotion. But you know what? That's what young people do too. When they really care for someone else, and they start falling in love, they start slobbering all over each other. It's devotion. It's the same thing, right? It, I know, it's gross, I know. But not if, you're, uh, not if you're in the middle of it. It's devotion. And so you'd say, oh, look at Rick letting Lucy lick his face. He loves it. And look at those young people. Um, they're fixing to get married and they're holding hands 
and they're saying things to each other and they're smooching and everything. It's devotion. It makes you do crazy things. And when you have that kind of relationship with God, the things that you do, people who don't know that and don't do that, they say, that's very strange. But it's devotion. And so I want to talk about spiritual devotion. So now, um, Psalm 119, 9 through 16. Listen to this. This is spiritual devotion. See if you can pick it up. How can a young man cleanse his way? Uh, does the does this does the person who is not devoted to God even ask the question? If you in your heart, hey, I like that sound. Where are you going with that? That's all right. No reason to take him out. All right, so where were we? Okay, so if you're not spiritually devoted, you, this, this question doesn't even occur to you. How can I cleanse my way? Right? But if you are, and you know that God's holy, then you say, oh, he's pure. I want to be pure. Don't raise your hand, but I want to ask you, do you yearn for purity in your life because of God? This is a mark of devotion. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. It kind of sounds like sloppy devotion, doesn't it? Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. You know what the undevoted person does? He says, commandments? You put me under the law? But the devoted person says, I delight to do your will. You just let me know what it is. That's what I want. Sloppy devotion. Your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Blessed means to be made happy. So, you know when you're the happiest? When you've done the will of God. God is the happy one. The things he tells you to do and to follow are what will make you happy. With my lips I declared all the judgments of your mouth. But I only do that when I'm not embarrassed. I only do that when I'm not ashamed. I only do that when I only put up with the craziness of it before people when I'm devoted. Otherwise, I don't say a thing. I've rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Oh, cool! I remember the first time I found a $5 bill. 
Very, very cool $5. Back in the day, it was worth a lot of money. And, you know, I say, oh, I wonder, is there anybody else around that I have to give it back to? And there wasn't anybody. And so it's not like a check where it's got the person's name on it, but you find the money and you say, uh, anybody, nobody, yay! And so I rejoiced in your testimonies. So here's what God says. I'm going to... I'm going to give you some evidence about me. It's a testimony. You say, oh, cool. I can tell other people from the evidence about God. You see how great my God is? You see that? You see God working in this person's life? That is evidence of how great he is. I will meditate on your precepts and I will contemplate your ways. Precept is like a principle. So it's, a, it's like a timeless truth. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Isn't that cool? Yes, yes. Some of you are devoted. So <clears throat> I want to tell you some things about devoted disciples. They love the word of God and they obey it. Listen to this. Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So there are disciples and then there are disciples. That's what he's saying, right? But if you want to be a devoted disciple, a disciple indeed. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Where are you going to find truth? Uh, come on. Where are you going to? In the Bible. It's God's word, scripture. And what are you going to get free from? And all the stuff that I love that's killing me. Killing me and it's killing others. I need to get free from it. But I want to be free from it because I love it. And I want to love your word more than I love it so I can get rid of it. See how that works? The word of God. Loving the word of God. So if you really want to be a devoted disciple, then you continue... Jesus says, you continue in my word. You're my disciples indeed. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You want to get free from habits that enslave you? Word of God. That's what it takes. You put the word of God in there. How often you got to do it? All the time. Every day. Devoted disciples renew their minds by studying Scripture. Listen to this. Do not be conformed to this world. You say, but yeah, it's me against the world. That's, that's the way everything, everybody's doing it. I don't care. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are you going to renew your mind, your thought life, all the things that go on in there when you're constantly bombarded by everything going on out there? How are you going to do it? The renewing of your mind. 
Come on. Put the Word of God in there. You've got to get the Word of God in there. Because anything out there isn't going to renew it. It's going to corrupt it. You say, yeah, but I don't want to be one of the crazy people. That's the way devoted people do. And so you got one guy stuck on a girl and they are devoted. They do crazy things. Lucy and Rick, they do crazy things. Say, I don't want that dog slobbering on my face. But if you're devoted, you love it. And so... Devoted disciples renew their minds by studying Scripture. Devoted disciples are serious students of Scripture. They study it. And so here, here's, here's the Apostle Paul. He's going from one town to another. And so he comes to uh, Thessalonica. Thessaloniki, they say today. All right, so then they get over there and, and they say, huh, this guy's telling us something about the Messiah. And I don't believe it. I don't want to believe it. Everybody's getting stirred up about it. They turn away, chase them out of the city. But they go down to Berea, and the Bereans were more fair-minded or noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness, and they searched the Scripture daily to find out whether these things were so. What did they find out? The things in the Old Testament pointed to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the focal point of all of Scripture. True? Of course true. Jesus Christ is the focal point of all of history. True? The world doesn't know. They need to be told. We wouldn't come up on these things on our, with these things things on our own, where are we going to come up with them? If it doesn't say it in the Word of God, we'd be clueless. True? Of course true. So, devoted disciples feed on the Word of God daily and they desire it. So when the God-man was on this earth and he's being tempted by the devil, he said, it's written. Where? The Scripture. Man shall not live by bread alone. He was being tempted about his appetites. How many of you struggle with appetites? I've got a few honest people here. Thank you. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Lucy hears some strange sound coming from Rick, ah, and she doesn't know how to interpret it, but it sounds grievous. She goes over there to comfort him, licks his face. Every single thing that comes out of his mouth, she perks up her ears and she tunes in. She doesn't have to understand it, but she's going to respond. What about you? What about the Word of God in your life? Are your spiritual ears so in tune 
that even if you don't get it, you say, it's in the Word of God. I've got to find out about this. I'm going to study it. I'm going to treasure it. This is my master. Devoted disciples shape their attitudes and their actions by God's Word. Psalm 1, 1 and 2. Blessed is the man, woman too, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. There's plenty of counsel going on out there saying, do this, do that. Most of it's ungodly. It doesn't come from the Word of God. It comes from the world. Scripture says, love not the world, neither the things in the world. All that's in the world, all, all, all that's in the world, is not of the Father. Well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. None of it. None of it is worthwhile. It's ungodly counsel. Happy is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor stand in the path of sinners. You say, I just find myself doing the things I don't want to do. Look around. You standing in the path of sinners? Or sitting in the seat of the scornful? I know it's hard to go to school without that happening because you're, you're sitting in the seat and you can't do anything about it. The whole classroom's dominated by scoffers, scornful, mockers. And you're forced to sit there and take it. And they're so vocal and they're so appealing and they're so captivating and funny. Who cares? And unless you are vocal, they get away with it unchallenged. The happy man finds his delight in the word of the Lord and in his word he meditates day and night. You say, man, I, I go to sleep and I have bad dreams. Meditate on the Word of God. In the middle of the dream? Absolutely. You got the Word of God in your heart. I do it all the time. You got the Word of God in your heart and your dream wants to go this way. Look, when you fall asleep, your mind wants to go here and there and that's part of relaxing and it's going to do it. And when it goes to a bad place and you half-consciously know about it, you say, that's not what the Word of God says. I'm not going there. In the middle of my sleep, Yes, that wakes you up, so much the better. If you can't go back to sleep, open the Word of God. So, devoted disciples resist temptation by following the Word of God. How can young people cleanse their way? By paying attention to God's Word. Right? By wholeheartedly seeking God. By crying out to God so that you do not stray from His commands. By hiding His word in your heart 
so that you do not sin against him by meditating on his principles, by contemplating his ways. And if you delight in what he commands you to do in turning away from evil, you will never forget his word. The word of God is incredibly powerful and it's exceptionally profitable. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living, it's active, it's working, and it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And we don't use swords today. Maybe the Olympics, you'll see them. They use these little pointy swords and not the two-edged kind, cut both ways. We'd say today, sharper than the sharpest surgeon's scalpel. One problem with that, I mean, it's true, but... We don't, we don't go to battle with a scalpel. And it's talking about battle. Sharper than a two-edged sword. All right, so that when you have to make distinctions about things and the way they're going to work, you need the Word of God. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. What's the difference between a soul and spirit? Tell me. Word of God makes that distinction. First Thessalonians 5 says, May your, whole, your spirit, your whole spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, body. There's a distinction it's making there. You want to find out about it? What are the properties of the soul? Mind, will, and emotions. One of my disciples there. Thinker. Chooser, feeler. You've got three parts, your main part of your body. Here's your thinker. Here's your chooser. Here's your, here's your intestines, your bowels, where you feel things. i got butterflies. This is where you feel them. Here's your chooser, your heart. It's where, you're, where you make your decisions. And here's where you process, right? That's your soul. That's different Everybody's got a soul. That's different than your spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Jesus said, in your patience, possess your soul. There's a distinction there. The Word of God is incredibly powerful. Even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So you want to figure out why you do stupid things? Read the Word of God. It's going to tell you. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents. Of your, what am I thinking right now? What? So people ask you when you do something stupid, what were you thinking? I don't know. Word of God's not in there. The Word of God in there, you'd know. It can discern thoughts and intents. Of the, so here's the thoughts. What are the intents? That's the heart. That's where the will, that's where you're getting ready to choose to do something stupid. So the Word of God you don't want to fall the way the world and all the temptations of it lure you astray so that you don't function properly with God, for God, and behalf of Him in this world. You've got to have the Word of God in there. It's able to make these distinctions. So somebody says, or, or better yet, you can say to somebody stupid who's saying to you, hey, this is a good one. So they say to you, hey, let's go do something stupid. And you say, what are you thinking? You know what he'll say? I don't know. 
So let me tell you what you're thinking. You're going to mess up your life. You're going to mess up that person's life. You're going to get others to do some stupid thing, and you're going to mess up everybody's life. I'll tell you what you're thinking. You're thinking for the moment. Word of God can discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. Well, how profitable is it? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's a play on words, by the way. It's God-breathed. So when, you, when, so when you talk and words come out of your mouth, it is air aspirating. It is a breathing thing. This is a play on words. The, this is every word that comes out of the mouth of God is what I want to pay attention to. Everything. I'm like Lucy. I, I don't understand it all, but it's coming for, out of his mouth. Scripture, all Scripture is God-breathed, given by inspiration of God's profitable for doctrine, that's teaching, for reproof, that's rebuke. You did something stupid, stop it. Word God's powerful for that. I'm going to tell you how the cow ate the cabbage. Profitable for correction. Okay, here's what you can do differently after you get the rebuke. For instruction in righteousness. Okay, well, how do I live? the right way. How do I do that? Word of God. It's all there. That the man of God, women too, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You want to do good things instead of bad things? Word of God. Profitable. Powerful. Devoted disciples are also purified by the truth. Jesus prayed not only for the disciples in this high priestly prayer in the upper room, he prayed for all those that would believe their word, which he gave to them as they went out from there. He said, sanctify them by your truth. What does sanctify mean? Come on. In the word of God. Huh? Yeah, purify, make holy. Nothing taints it pure it's like pure water so if you so you got back you just went on this trip up to the lake you drink that water look pretty pure but it got in your ears didn't it huh what happened when it got in your ears yeah yeah bad things okay so you want pure you want pure to really be pure all right so purify them by your truth your word is truth The truth is going to set you free. It is the truth, the truth, the truth, the truth. If you aren't tuned in to the truth, you're going to be living lies. If you're living lies before God and playing games with Him, you're going to be damaging the lives of other people. Got that? It's the truth. Devoted disciples will use the Word of God to battle the enemy. The Spirit expressly says that in latter times, Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. They're going to tell you lies. You're going to believe them if you don't know the Word of God. There is a great delusion coming on the world. And causes a great threat to the people of God. So, 
Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes or wiles of the devil, the tricks. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand. And having done all, stand! Don't shrink back. Don't cower. So, you put on the armor of God and then you stand and you have one weapon. What is it? Sword of the Spirit, which is Word of God. You're going to fight with it. You're going to fight with the truth. You're going to fight with the truth and win against temptation, against the world, against your own flesh, against the devil. Resist the devil steadfast in the faith by the word of God and he will flee from you. Now, in conclusion, Peter says, his first letter, first chapter, since you've purified your souls in obeying the truth, you have, haven't you? Are you a devoted disciple? Since you've purified your souls in obeying the truth, love one another fervently. If you try to love one another without the word of God and you haven't purified your soul, you're doing corruption. Love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again through the word of God, which lives and remains and endures forever. Now, this is the word of God that was preached to you when you heard the gospel. Therefore, laying aside all meanness of spirit, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you've tasted that the Lord's gracious. Oh, we have some babies in here. I see one. And when it comes feeding time, how, how do they behave around milk? Let me add them. All right, so let me ask you a question. Have you tasted that the Lord is gracious? You know what that means? You have your sins. The wrath of God is upon you because of your sins, and he was gracious to forgive you. How many of you have experienced forgiveness from God because he was gracious to let it go, to pay the penalty for your sins? Raise your hand. How many of you? You've tasted that the Lord is gracious. So what does it say? Like newborn babies desire the pure pure milk of the word so that you may grow. You want to grow or do you want to remain a baby? Okay, so devoted disciples love the Word of God. How many of you are devoted to the Lord this way? If you're willing to delight in His Word every day, 
you will stand fast. You will fight the enemy. You will resist temptation. You will overcome. You will speak for him against a world that will laugh you to scorn and abuse you if they get the chance. Is that okay with you? That's what God's designed for you. And then there's going to be someday a forever. And there's going to be rewards for the Lucy type of disciples. You want those rewards? Some of you may not know God yet. You may say, well, this just sounds like all kinds of craziness here. I invite you to consider one thing. Do you have anything that you're ashamed of in your life that's hurting you and hurting other people? You can't do anything about it? You want to get free? You want your sins forgiven? You want a new life? Then go to Jesus. He died for your sins to give you life. I came, he says, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. You want an abundant life? You got it. They need to grow up in him through the word of God. The word of God is powerful. I love it. How about you? Let's pray. Father, thank you for these few moments with you and your word and, and for speaking to us each and every day, for giving us life through the forgiveness of our sins and giving us liberty to walk in truth and in purity. May we grow by loving your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for coming. You're dismissed.